Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grounded Podcast. Today I want to do something, uh, start off just a little bit different. I want to tell a story of something that happened to me when I was around 19 years old. Maybe 20, I, I don't remember exactly my age, doesn't really matter. But I went to, uh, on a mission trip with the church I was attending at at the time. And we went uh, to a place called Galeana Nuevo Leon. It's in old Mexico. It's way down deep in, in the, the Mexico. We crossed the border at Monterey. And then just drove and drove. And I remember it was a it, we were on a bus of about 44 people, and then we had seven vans behind us. And you would look out the the window of the bus, and you just see thousands of feet down, um, because we, I think we were about 8,000 feet up in the Sierra Madres, and there's no guardrails, no nothing. I mean, if your brakes fail, you're toast. You're going over the edge. And and, and I can remember how cars would pass our bus in curves on that road. It was just the the, the neatest thing to see. It was so beautiful there. Um, but the village that we stayed in uh, was a poor village. We were going there to build a church. They already had the concrete slab poured, and we were there to build the walls, and we were going to put a roof on and, and build pews. That was our task uh, for that week, and then we would come home. Uh, the place that we stayed at, if you want to call it a village or a little town or whatever, it was small, but they had a little town square, and there was a Catholic church there and some little shopping centers, a restaurant, if that's what you want to call it. It, it was kind of like a store slash restaurant. Like they told us not to eat the food there, and of course, you know, being teenagers, and we wanted to check things out. You know, we we didn't always listen to what we were told, and so we would check that place out. And and, and they had hamburgers on 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 the window, and so we went in and ordered a hamburger, and that's what you got. You got ham, which was ham slices of ham, uh, with a cheese, and that was their hamburger. And you're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden you hear, and they had they had a goat in the back room because that's what they used to make the cheese with was the goat's milk. Uh, so it was kind of a unique experience to say the less. And uh, and so we would work, do our respective work, then we would come home and in the evening times, and you know we were always told to travel in at least in pairs, never alone. And that's what we did. And so there was groups of us that went out and we you know checked things out and. And uh, if you were inside the, the city, things looked kind of normal. Uh, it was a poor place. But as soon as you got outside of that, that town square, uh, you could really see the poverty. I mean, the, people made uh, little shacks out of whatever they could get their hands on. And, and, and most of it would be some kind of pieces of tin um, that they could find and use to, to build a little hut. And I remember this one man in particular who uh, had a dirt mound behind his little tin hut. And in that dirt mound, he had a flame. So it was like a, it was a, uh, an open flamed oven. I guess I don't know what the technical term for it um, is, but he was baking bread and he was selling that bread for one peso. So that's, you know, that's, that's just, that's nothing. And uh, so we bought some of his bread, made his day. But that, you know, coming fresh out of that uh, that, that that open fire and that, that oven, um, even though it was a dirt oven, uh, man, that bread was so good. I believe it's the best bread that I ever put in my in my mouth. And um, and like I said, I'm sure uh, 
with all these Americans just showing up out of nowhere, it just it, it made his day, and you know, and it was giving him something that he needed, which was money to to live on, and so he can go buy things. And uh, but you could really see the poverty once you got outside of the town. Uh, we went uh, to this one village that we visited didn't have any electricity, no running water. I mean, there's no ice cubes, no cold sodas, you know, nothing like that. So it, it, and there was a little Baptist church there. Uh, and they were actually having services when we got there, and uh, the the pastor was up there uh, playing his guitar. And there's maybe like five pews, and it's just a little bit, you know, what we would call a, a storage shed. It's about the size of this building, and and uh, you know, there was he had one little old lady sitting there on the front pew, and he was playing his guitar. And all of a sudden, this van load of Americans show up and, and, and go into that building, and he just started playing his guitar just faster. He was so excited; he had the biggest grin on his face, and. And then he preached to us for a little bit, and then you know, and then we went around and met some of the people in the, the village. But it, it was just a, a, a eye-opening experience for me. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to 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 do a mission trip, to go on a mission trip, by all means, do that. If you need uh, money to get sponsored, ask around. I think it only cost me like two or three hundred dollars, but that's been 1994. It's been a long time ago. Um, but going to a mission trip in a third world country will absolutely open your eyes and it will change your life forever, I promise you. But when we would go and, and, and walk around the town, there there was always, like every day, there was these three little kids that would come up and they would just, just grab our clothes and, and, and tug our clothes to get our attention. And, and you you look down and you, and you see these kids and and you can't help but feel sorry for them. You know, your heart moves with compassion toward them. And you know what they're asking because they've got their hands out there. They're, they're asking for money. They're asking for help. And, and, and what they thought was that we were the, the rich Americans just because we were from America and they thought we were rich. But unfortunately, we we're, were teenagers and we were not rich. But compared to them, I guess uh, that we actually were rich looking back on it and, and, and thinking about it. But these kids, they would, they, they would come and find us. Or, or if we're out, they would see us, and they would come and find us, and they would tug on our shirts or our pants and get our attention. They would hold their hands out because they didn't speak English. They couldn't say, hey, I need some money, and you know, and, and move with compassion. Of course, we would feel sorry for them, and we would give them what we could, what we had in our pockets. And, and what they would do is they would take this money and they would go back to their parents and give this money to their parents. And what we found out later on at the end of the week was that these kids were used by their parents for this reason. They, they knew that their kids, looking up at you with those little puppy dog eyes, you know, and their clothes are just dirty and nasty, torn, doesn't fit very well. They knew that you would feel sorry for them and, and you would give them money. And then they would in turn go back and give the money to their parents who did not work. They were just sending out their kids to beg for money so that they could make a living without having having to work. And you know, and then the rich Americans, you know, we, we would have pity on them and, 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 and that's what we did. And what you know, you're thinking, what in the world does this story have to do with uh, the book of Acts, and especially Acts chapter 3. Well, in Acts chapter 3, it starts off with the healing of the lame man. And this guy's been paralyzed since birth. He, he has never been able to move his extremities, his arms, his hands, his, his legs, his feet, nothing. He had people 
that would bring him to this gate at the temple. And they would always set him in this particular place there at the gate. And the gate was called Beautiful. And so every day they would set this dirty man down with worn out looking clothes to beg for money. And if, if you live in a place where there's homeless, you, you kind of understand um, what I mean by what this guy would look like. Uh, and he, and, and in my opinion, he looked like this on purpose. In my opinion, this was a, a, a money-making scheme for this family. They, they would bring this guy to this gate called Beautiful because they knew hundreds of people would come in and out of that gate. They were coming to the temple to bring their tithes and their offerings to worship God. And so, you know, if, if, if they're thinking godly, then they would see this man and have pity on him. And he's sitting there with his cup and begging for money. And so being moved with compassion, they would naturally give this man some money. And so this family would, I'm assuming it's his family, they would bring him to this gate called Beautiful and lay him there on a daily basis. And it sounds very familiar to what I experienced in Mexico when these parents would send out their kids just dirty and nasty and their clothes just torn and, and just doesn't fit very well. And they're holding out their little hands and they're looking at you with those puppy dog eyes. And, and they're, you know what they're saying. They're saying, please give us some money. Help us. Feel sorry for us. Give us, you know, what you can. And, and, and that's exactly what, in my opinion, is going on with, with this man here. That, that he was being placed at this gate called beautiful, and yet something beautiful is about to actually take place at the gate called beautiful. Uh, the gathering place for the early church, uh, it, 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 Acts chapter 2 says that they met uh, at the temple every day. And so the, the temple had a big old yard, and it was, it, it was humongous, this, this place was. And, and so they, they had plenty of room that they could gather outside around Solomon's porch, it was called, and, 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 and they had plenty of room for the, the people. And, they, and there was all kinds of opportunity there to, to preach about Jesus because people were there to coming to worship God anyway. And so the church would meet there on a daily basis. Uh, and that's Acts 2.46. And, and so Peter and John had decided to go to a prayer meeting. It, it, it's a 3 o'clock prayer meeting. And sure enough, as they're walking through this gate called Beautiful, they see the man sitting there, and he's 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 been sitting there every day, and he's asking for money. And so, it's this is no different on this day. This man asked Peter and John for some money, and maybe he wasn't even paying attention. Uh, he was just holding up their hand and just you know asking people uh, to drop a few few coins in. And so, and so Peter and John are about to walk into the gate, and they see the man, and he's asking for money. And so they stop. And the Bible says that, that Peter intently looked at this man. And, and so, it, in other words, he, he didn't just stare at him for a second and keep walking. He didn't just sit there and stare at him and, and say, I can't believe you're sitting here every day begging for money. He, he, he had a purpose in mind. He was about to give this man one of the greatest blessings, probably the greatest blessing besides salvation that he's ever experienced because he's so used to people just dropping money or coins into his little cup and waiting for his family to come back and pick him up and carry him home and count the money that he had raised for that day. And so Peter, he tells the man, he says, look at me, and which tells me the man is just, just generally, you know, waving his cup saying, you know, I need help. Can you help in any kind of way? Thank you. God bless you. 
if you've been around homeless people, you've heard all this and you kind of get the idea of what's going on here. But this guy is is a quadriplegic. He's never been able to move his, his limbs. So I don't know why I'm saying he's waving his cup because he wasn't waving his cup. His cup was sitting there beside him. And so he, 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 he's asking for money, hoping people would drop money in his cup. And Peter gets his attention and Peter says, look at me. And so the man looks at Peter and Peter says, I don't have money. I, I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I, I'm going to give to you. And it's something so much better. He, Peter didn't say that, but he says, but here's what I got for you. And he says, in the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. And what Peter does at that moment is he reaches down and grabs the right arm of that man and helps him to his feet. And this is a man who has never in his life since birth stepped on his feet or stood up on his feet. Now, if, if you've known anybody who has been paralyzed, been a, uh, in a wheelchair or or been a quadriplegic, never been able to use their muscles in, in, in any of their body, and they've been paralyzed their whole life, their, their bodies are uh, small. They're, they're, they haven't been able to exercise their muscles so that they, they don't have muscles. They, they're very weak. They're, they, you know, they're limp. They, they don't have control or functions of their body at all. And, and that's the way that I don't, the Bible doesn't say how old this guy was, but that's the way this guy has been ever since birth. And, and, and it's like Peter takes none of that in consideration. He just, he says, silver and gold have I none, but such I have I given unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he bends over, grabs this man by the arm and pulls him to his feet. And the man stands up instantly. He is standing up. He's not wobbling. He's, he, he, he's not falling around or anything. He is standing on his own two feet. It's like the, the, the minute that Peter grabbed him and pulled him up to work this miracle, it's like his muscles and, and his tendons and everything in his body just was healed instantly. And the man stands to his feet. And, 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 and not only does he stand to his feet, but he begins to walk. And as he begins to walk, he begins to leap for joy. And, he, and he's praising God. For what has happened to him because he has been this way his whole life and he is filled with so much joy at what has taken place. Now, let me give you a question to ponder before we go to break. If this guy was put by the gate of beautiful on a daily basis, and he was, that's what the Bible says. How many times did Jesus walk by this man when Jesus was there uh, uh, going to Jerusalem at the temple? Um... How many times did Jesus pass by this guy and not heal him? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I want to give you something to think about because a, a, a lot of people think that God should do something special for them. They, they're, I'm in this situation, God, or I've had this going on in my life, God, and 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 I'm praying for healing, or I'm praying for this miracle, and and, and they pray for a little while or a long time, and and they don't get the answer that that they were expecting God to give. And so they give up on God and, and they disappear on God because they're mad at God. How many times did Jesus pass by this guy and didn't heal him until this opportunity came for Peter and John to, to, to heal him? And so as you ponder that question, I just want to say this. Don't be discouraged because you're going through something ugly and yet God has not answered your prayer because 
the day is coming when God will answer your prayer. Don't, that's why Jesus says, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking. Don't give up. Stay faithful. And, and your, your answer to your prayer is on the way. Let's take a break and we'll, we'll talk about this more when we come back. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. So not only does this lame man stand on his own two feet, and he but he begins to walk, and as he begins to walk, he he's he's man, he's like, I cannot believe what is happening to me, and he begins to just leap for joy, and he's praising God, and he goes inside the temple with Peter and John, and he's clinging on to Peter and John, and there's no denying what has taken place. This guy is still the same dirty old beggar who was laying at the gate called Beautiful, and but now he is, he is, he is no longer a quadriplegic. He, he's no longer paralyzed. He is standing on his own two feet, and he is standing between Peter and John, and he's holding on to Peter and John, and there's no denying what has, has taken place. Um, in Acts chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, it says, All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar that had been so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. There was no mistaking who this guy was. There was no mistaking that this awesome miracle has taken place and the people come running to see for themselves and, and people the words begins to spread and people just start coming and from all over to see what has taken place and to see this man who God has healed miraculously. And I want to share a verse with you real quick from Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. And it goes back to what I was saying before break. It says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And, and, and what I was saying before we went to break, you know, God, God can see beginning to end. God, there's no time frame with God. He, he, he is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He, he, he can see from beginning to end. We can't. We have a point A and a point B. We have a time that we were born. And we're going to have a time that we're going to die. We are, we are limited. You know, we know what happened in the past, but we don't even know what's going to happen in the next two minutes from now. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds from now or 10 seconds. We, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can plan for it, but we don't know. God knows. He He knows everything. Nothing surprises Him. And, and, and so God has made everything beautiful in its own time. And, and if you are going through some situation that is just ugly and nasty, whatever it is, fill in the blank. 
There's all kinds of people with all kinds of problems that are just, it's just hard and hard. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is nasty at times. It's ugly. But God makes everything beautiful in His time. And, and He can see beginning to the end. And, and, and here's what I've learned by going through hardships in life. That if we stay faithful to God, we're going to come through it. The Bible says over and over again, it come to pass, it come to pass, it come to pass. And, and when it does come to pass and we look back, we can see where God was working in our lives. And we can see what God, what lessons God was trying to show us and wanting us to learn. And we see how God has delivered us from this situation or through this situation. And we see the strength that we have gained by coming through that particular storm or that ugly situation and God makes it beautiful and not only does God make it beautiful but the main thing is that God is glorified in our situations and just like he was with this man here he 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 was glorified by the situation and I love the way that verse 12 starts off in Acts chapter 3 verse 12 it says Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd and that's exactly what i've uh, titled this podcast seize the opportunity peter along with john was going to the temple for a prayer prayer service but instead what they got was an opportunity to show and to share jesus christ with a with a bunch of people just because they healed this lame man who was asking for money and he got far more uh things more valuable than money he he got a healing and he got salvation. And so, verses 12 through 26, we have the second sermon that was preached by Peter after the Holy Spirit had fell on them in that upper room. Um, and it was not a four-point sermon. It's not a five-point sermon. It's not a 30-minute long sermon. Uh, there's no song service to get the crowd all worked up to hear the sermon. Uh, there's no opening prayer. It's just an opportunity to share Jesus with this crowd who has gathered because they are filled with amazement because there's no denying who this man is and what has taken place. And here's what Peter says. Peter saw the opportunity and addressed the crowd. And he says, People of Israel... What is so surprising about this? And why, do, why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant uh, Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected uh, before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one, and instead of demanding the release of a murderer, you killed the author of life, but God has raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that you and your leaders did this to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise you up a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. And then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. 
You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants all families on the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. So some points from that sermon is, he says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did this thing today. He, they had, God has brought glory to his son Jesus by healing this man. We didn't do anything. We just gave the opportunity and we seized the opportunity. We saw the man, he's begging for money, and we grab, I grabbed him by the hand and I pulled him up and said, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And God healed this man. So when we, when we do something nice for somebody and we're a blessing to somebody, tell them why you're doing it. Tell them that you are a Christian, that you follow Jesus Christ and you want to be a godly example. Give God the glory for what's going on when you seize the opportunity. And then Peter says, this is the same Jesus whom you handed over. You rejected this holy and righteous one. He says, you killed the author of life. But God raised him up and we're witness to this. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. You see, Peter seized the opportunity and he preached Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And he told these people that they needed to repent of their sins and turn to God so that their sins would be made clean. So, you know, what are they going to say? Here, the, the evidence is standing right before their very eyes. God has healed this man. Here is the evidence. You know the man very well. You know God very well because that's why you're here at the temple. You're here to worship the God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm telling you, it is this God that you are claiming to worship here who has sent his son as Messiah. You rejected him. And you have an opportunity to make things right by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins and, 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 and let God wash away your sins. And, and there's no denying what Peter is saying to them because the evidence is standing right before their very eyes. And it is... I don't believe that Peter and John ever made it to the prayer service. That's what they were originally going there for because in the very next chapter we'll see that the, the, uh, the priests and the temple guards, they come because there's this big commotion going on. This crowd is gathered and they're, they're here to see what's going on. And so they're going to arrest Peter and John. And this is when the in next chapter is actually when the persecution of the church begins. And, and by the way, uh, just as a side note, when the church was being persecuted is when it grew the best. And when, when the persecution ended, when Constantine made it uh, the official religion, that's when churches started just really struggling. And we still see them struggling today, especially in the COVID days. But I want to challenge you uh, with something today it, it, before we end this podcast. When you get up in the morning and you have your prayer time with God, or whenever you do have your prayer time with God, Ask God for this. Say, God, give me opportunities today. Give me opportunities to glorify you. And not only, God, give me the opportunities, but give me the courage that I need to take advantage of those opportunities. And God's going to give you that, those opportunities. And when those opportunities come, recognize it. You will recognize it. And God's going to say, here you go. I'm giving you the opportunity. What are you going to do with it? 
take advantage of the opportunity seize the opportunity just like Peter did and sh and when those opportunities come share Christ with that person or those persons and and because if you don't it'll haunt you the rest of your life and, I, and I'll tell you just a real a quick story before we end the podcast one day I was uh, I was a meat department manager I had started Bible college. I was going to school. I've been studying the Bible my whole life. I was taking my Bible to school when I was in the third grade. Uh, I've read it. I've studied it. And, you know, I still have a lot more to learn, by all means. I'm not the smartest person when it comes to the Bible, but I know a little bit about it. And uh, I've shared my faith with people before. And I still get nervous even to this day, even though I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old. My sister led me to the Lord. I'm 48 now, so what was that 37 years? I still get nervous. I still get sweats, uh, the hot sweats. I mean, I just, my heart flutters, and you know, I, I'm not comfortable praying with people one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. I don't, I don't even like uh, praying public prayers, uh, which is probably why you hardly ever. If uh, I don't even know if I've ever even prayed on, on a podcast or not, but uh, uh, I'm just not comfortable with it, and for many reasons. But anyway. Uh, so one day I'm, uh, I'm I'm at my meat case, and we had this guy that, that come every uh, about twice a week, and he would uh, clean the floors, buff the floors of the store, and uh, he he was always telling clean jokes, and he you know they were funny, and uh, he was just a good guy, and and one day it was like God said you need to share your faith with this man, and uh, I, so I you know I was nervous, got all sweaty and all, and because here he come in the store, he had a key to the store, and he's walking through the store. And I was going to share my faith with him, but I got scared. I locked up. I couldn't do it. But what what ended up happening was he shared his faith with me, and he was of a, a totally different kind of, of religion. Uh, and uh, and and so I, I just couldn't couldn't get it out. I could not. I just seized up. I could not share my faith. I could should not could not share Jesus with this man. And and uh, I locked up. And 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 he told me a joke after he shared his faith with me. And. And he went on and cleaned the floors and he left. Well, that was toward the weekend. And over the weekend, we had a storm come through. And he was traveling about 65 miles an hour on, on a, a four-lane highway and hydroplane and crossed the median and hit somebody head on and died in that car wreck. And, and that just shook me to the core because God had told me to share my faith with that man he gave me the opportunity, the opportunity that I pray for almost on a daily basis, and I locked up and I didn't share my faith, even though it was just me and him one-on-one, -on -one, and all I had to do was tell him about Jesus, and I didn't do it, and he died that weekend in a car wreck, and that just shook me to my core. And I, I left that place when I found that out that day, that I went to people that I knew was lost, and I was offering to baptize them in the ditch or in a pond that was behind their house or whatever. I was just begging them to give their life to Jesus Christ. So my challenge to you is this. Seize the opportunity. Pray for God to give you the opportunities. But when you do uh, pray for God to give you the opportunities, those opportunities are going to come. And what you need to pray also is that God will give you the courage to take advantage of those opportunities and to share your faith share jesus you know you don't have to have a bible degree you don't have to know a lot about the bible all you have to have is a relationship with jesus christ you know what god has done in your life and just share with that person what jesus has done in your life and how he can change their life as well and that's my challenge to you to to uh, seize 
the opportunity, just like Peter and John did here at the Gate of Beautiful. God had taken something so ugly and made it beautiful. And how ironic that it took place at, the, at this gate at the temple called Beautiful. And if you are going through something ugly in your life, if you stay faithful to God, don't give up on God. Just keep trusting, keep walking in faith that He will provide. He will take care of the situation. And when it comes to pass, you will look back at your situation. You will see how God was working. And your faith will be made much stronger. And, and God will make that ugly, ugly thing beautiful in His time, in His time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just oh my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life.